Hi, dear friends. Welcome to the podcast. And for this season, we'll be reading and reflecting on the Psalms. For the next three sessions, we'll be reading Psalm 24. And today we'll focus on verses 1 to 2. Next week, we will continue with verses 3 to 6 and then verses 7 to 10. But before that, let us first have a read of the entire psalm. Psalm 24, if you have your Bible with you, you might want to turn to that. Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas, and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false, and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory might come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God indeed. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you, as we come into your presence to reflect upon your word, may the Holy Spirit grant us discernment and the humility to learn. And even as we learn, Lord, may you give us the conviction and the strength to put into practice what we have learned. So that those who know that we are your children, we are your disciples, can find in us the love of Christ. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now in your Bibles, you will notice that this psalm, uh, given as an introduction, was written by King David. right? And traditionally, many people believe that this psalm was written in association of King David's relocation of the Ark of Covenant from Obed-Edom to Mount Zion. And you can read about this relocation in 2 Samuel chapter 6. And as one scholar noted, this psalm was likely to be written for the choir, where they will sing praises to God even as the ark was brought from one place to another. Now, as some of us know, the Ark of Covenant was the very seat of God's presence. It served as the most significant symbol within the tabernacle, where the people could meet with God through the high priest. Therefore, when the Ark was to be relocated to Mount Zion, it was definitely most appropriate when the people sing the first two stanzas. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Now we might be able to note 
uh, as we read these two verses, that the people were declaring that not only does the earth belong to the Lord, all the fullness within the earth also belongs to Him. This is because of the reasons as outlined in verse 2, because God was the Creator. He founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. And these two verses brought uh, me back to the creation account in Genesis, where the waters existed even before the earth had any form. If you read Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of, yes, the waters. And this was why the psalmist wrote that the earth was founded and established upon the waters. The Spirit of God hovers over the face of the waters, not because God was subject to the waters, but it was the other way around. God had the authority even over the waters in the beginning, and that was why he hovered over it. And on the whole, if you imagine this scene, it gave the picture that God is the authority. God is in control. God is the author of all things. He is the king above all things. And this psalm will be talking about the king of glory later on. God founded the earth, and therefore the earth belongs to God. So no matter how rich or powerful a person is, you know, nobody uh, can claim to be in possession of any parts of the earth, for everything belongs to the Lord. Therefore, whatever we so-called own on this earth is but given as gifts to us in God's grace, and we are in stewardship of these gifts. You know, like the land which our homes are being built belongs to the Lord, right? The workplace, uh, the building itself, you know, that we go to belongs to God. The church we worship at belongs to the Lord. The money in our banks belongs to the Lord. The family we so love belongs to the Lord because they are given to us by the grace of God. And all these belongs to the Lord and this is why we need to steward them in ways that honours God. Like for example, we ought to do our work in excellence and honesty because the work in our hands belongs to the Lord. We disciple our children well because they belong to the Lord but given to us in grace and love. Husbands learn to love their wife as Jesus loves the church. Because the wife is being given, right? Is being given to the husband by the grace of God. And wives similarly submit themselves to the husbands out of their reverence for Christ. We serve and through the church for the poor and those in need because all these ministries belong to the Lord and the Lord, the Lord cares for the poor. We strive to be punctual for service because we, when we come together to worship, there is only the audience of one, the creator of all things, and yet having so much love and grace to want to meet with us. 
And also we noted from these two verses that God is not only interested in the form of things He created. He is also very much concerned for the fullness of the things He created. Therefore, if you notice from the Genesis account, the earth was never uh, going to be declared as good or very good if the trees, the fishes, the animals and human beings were not also created to multiply and to fill the earth. So in the same vein, the church, you know, it will just exist as a form or a shell if we do not pay attention to what fills the church. If we do not feel, we will not pay attention to what God is paying attention to. The people, the relationships, the prayer, the worship, the service, the love, the accountability, the joy of salvation, and the freedom from the power of sin. You know, my friends, quite often we can be so focused on the surface issues, right? Uh, sometimes emerge out of relationships in the church that we get into conflicts, we get into quarrels ever so often that we miss the point. Or we can be so focused on uh, many, many programs that we missed what really makes the church. You know, and that is our discipleship. That is our relationship with the Lord and with one another. And that's our um, conviction to go out as a church, not waiting for people to come in to go out to the church, go out as a church to serve people, to love them, to share the gospel. Therefore, my friends, even as God is concerned with the fullness of the earth, let us also learn how to focus on the right things in church that He has given to us to steward. I've been a pastor for coming to nine years and it's always good to be reminded that, you know, everything belongs to God. Because in the midst of busyness, it is easy to forget that at the end of the day, God is at the helm and everything belongs to Him. Even the people that we strive to minister to. And especially when, you know, ministries are thriving, they're successful, it's so easy to forget that it is God who actually give grace, it is God who upheld, it is God who strengthened. So if everything belongs to God, then I ought to pray more often to seek His face, to seek His direction, to seek His enablement. I ought to also strengthen my walk with God so that I'm more ready to hear His voice. Otherwise, sooner or later, I might play with the idea that, you know, instead of the Almighty, everything He gave belongs to me. I can do whatever I like. I can do what suits me, even at the expense of others. And we know that when that happens, things start to go haywire. People get hurt along the way. And some might even leave the faith because as a leader, I have not walked the talk. Therefore, my friends, my encouragement you know, to myself and also to you today is to really fill our hearts with the truth, with this beautiful truth that we are but stewards of God's creation. And even if we are stewards 
we're actually in a very privileged position to minister His grace, to minister His truth, to minister His love to others. Let us therefore learn more and more to hold the hands of the living God, listen to His voice, and walk in a way that pleases Him. Let us be like the psalmist and the choir that was set to sing this beautiful, beautiful psalm. We can joyfully sing to the Lord that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For He has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Amen. Amen. Now for further reflection, I have uh, given two questions. Okay, the first question you should might want to take it for further reflection is this. What does it mean to you personally to know that God creates and owns everything? Let me repeat that. What does it mean to you personally to know that God creates and owns everything? And number two, have you been focusing on the wrong things in ministry, workplace or the family? And how can Psalm 24 actually encourage you to focus on the right things? Again, let me repeat that. Have you been focusing on the wrong things in ministry, workplace or the family? And how can Psalm 24 encourage you to focus on the right things? And then we have uh, the, the devotion for Psalm 24 verses 1 to 2. And I'll see you and, um, I, and I will, um, we'll get together again for the next podcast next week as we go through the rest of the verses. And before that, uh, you take care and bye-bye.